because I'm going to share some styles with you and all of you fit into at least one or maybe even a couple of these styles. And so this morning I think what God wants you to do is to really have a look at which style are you and then the challenge is, is to actually start working in that style. So it is, <laughs> it is. Because, you know, we've heard a lot this morning about the love of God. You know, and, and when you think about communion and, and everything God did for us, he did it because of love. So everything about our walk with Jesus is about love. How much he loved us and what he's asking in return is that we carry him in our heart. You know, I got a word during worship this morning about getting it out of our head, getting religion out of our head. You know, we can't just know the Bible off by heart and say, well, I'm a Christian. Or we can't just go, well, I'm kind to people, so I'm okay. We must carry the Holy Spirit and Jesus in our heart. And therefore, if we're doing that, and if we're carrying Jesus, then we want to do what he did. And we want to do one of the things that he asked us to do, which we were given two things to do in the Old Testament was to love one another. In the New Testament, we were asked to go out and preach the gospel. So what I want to share with you this morning about is actually about being an evangelist because we are all called to be an evangelist. But there's many, many different ways of being an evangelist. So I know myself, when I first came to God as an adult, I should say come back to God, but as, a, as an adult, that I was like, no, no, I'm, I can't go out on the street and just walk up to a random stranger. That's not me. Because to me, that's what an evangelist was. That's what we see. That's what we hear. But that's not necessarily what an evangelist is. Jesus is our example of an evangelist. In Mark sixteen fifteen, he said, he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. There is the gift of evangelism that is held in the fivefold ministry. Then there are the rest of us who are just asked to speak the gospel, to share it with people. It is the life of Jesus and his ministry that we are meant to share because it's coming from the love of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross that has given us, as Stuart said this morning, we are living under grace. We have been saved. Jesus atoned for our sins for us. So the fivefold ministry ascension gift is an an evangelist extends the frontier of God's kingdom. They also equip the body of Christ with the evangelistic spirit of outreach. They have a spirit given capacity and desire to serve God by communicating with people who are beyond their normal sphere of influence and leading them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ any place, any time. So how about the rest of us? How are we called? And we are called to the Great Commission as well. 
We are called to witness, to use every valid opportunity within our sphere of influence, family, friends, people within our community, our co-workers, to speak the gospel of Jesus long enough and in a way that can be understood. This means that the witness must be sustained long enough that the understanding and the opportunity to respond to it by faith. In true evangelism, there must be the opportunity to respond to Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. The mandate we've been given was given by Jesus as his, to his followers based upon, upon five principles. The command, Jesus commands evangelism in several passages. All passages explain the task, but they differ. They do not contradict, but supplement one another. Matthew and John record the authority of the task. Matthew, Mark and Luke explain the extent of the, of the mission. Matthew, Luke, John and Acts reveal the Holy Spirit as the power to accomplish this mission. Do it in the Spirit. Spirit leads you. Allow the Spirit to lead you to people. We see Roger on a Sunday allowing the Spirit to lead him to people that need prayer. We must do this when we go out to evangelise. In the book of Mark, he mentions the message and Luke adds the details. So they're your scriptures you're looking for. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and Acts. They will give you the grounding, the foundation, the message of Jesus that you can then share with others. We see the condition is the harvest field that Jesus spoke about in Luke 10 too. We see hundreds and thousands of people lost in sin, without hope and heading for an eternity without God. This should motivate us into action. Stuart talked about being in, you know, terrible times. This should motivate us into action. The competition. If we do not win our global neighbours who hunger for change, other competing political, religious forces will win them. Spiritual hunger causes men and women to search for truth, but it can result in accepting evil political systems, cults, and oppressive religious powers. We need them to know Jesus, just like we know Jesus. We need to share with them the grace that we have been given because we've come into a true heart with Jesus. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony of all nations, and then the end will come. So if you want to see Jesus, you want him to come back, get out there. Get out there. He's coming, but we have a job to do. So there's six steps to the process of evangelism. Presence, 
that which radiates the qualities of Jesus through demonstrating Christian character and concerns. The world will not reach out for Jesus without an authentic Christian presence. You cannot win sinners if you have no contact with them. So we cannot isolate ourselves just together. I can't evangelise to someone who's already saved. If you're already saved, if you're already carrying the Holy Spirit, if you already live your life following Jesus, doing all that he asks you to do, repenting when you do sin, trying to mature in that and change, then you need to be also out in the world. Proclamation. Being among, being among, among, try again, sorry, (laughs) non-believers is not enough. We need to verbally communicate the gospel through preaching, teaching and witnessing. We must also demonstrate the power of the gospel through healing and deliverance. If you meet someone, depending on your style of evangelism, and you know that you know, they're sad or they've got pain. Pray for them. Do you believe in prayer? Do you believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe that Jesus heals? Then demonstrate it. Show what you believe. Persuasion. Proclamation does not end the process. The gospel should be presented in such a way that people are persuaded to become believers. How do we persuade? By demonstrating, by showing, by people seeing our hearts. They sense our spirit. What is our spirit? We carry the Holy Spirit. They sense a Holy Spirit in us. They want to be like us. They want what we've got. They see the peace in us that we carry through Jesus. Planting. A new convert must be planted in a local fellowship. So don't just teach them about, you know, don't just share with them about Jesus. But then encourage them to go to a church. You know, obviously to start with your own church is great. But if they're unsure and they, you know, want Encourage them. Go along with them. Say, look, I'll come with you. Don't just leave them wherever you've met them, whether it's your family, friends, someone in the community, but actually offer to go with them. Because if you leave them by themselves, it's going to be very easy for them to just get caught back up in the world. I don't know if anyone has ever noticed themselves that if they're away from church for long periods, they actually start to feel deflated. They actually start to feel like something's missing. And that's because we need to be in fellowship with one another. Jesus wanted us to be in fellowship together because it encourages us, it strengthens us, and we are with like-minded people. So we cannot evangelise to someone and leave them to themselves. So take them along to a church. Perfection. As a result of church planting, a new convert matures spiritually. 
That is what we are all meant to be doing. We are not meant to come to church and stay the same. We are meant to grow. The last time I preached, I preached about our authority. That is part of growing. We know our authority. We walk in it. Now, some people might look at someone and go, oh, they're a little bit full of themselves. They're not. They're not full of themselves. They just know who they are in God. And they walk in that. And they stand in that. Because that's what we're meant to do. And that's what we do with new converts. We bring them in and we bring them to maturity in God. So how do we fulfil the mandate? Evangelism must be our first priority. And our preaching program and training must centre around evangelism. We should be teaching how to share the gospel. And I know the year ahead we've got some exciting stuff that's going to happen. It's going to help all of us learn how to do the things that Jesus wants us to do. It must be powered by the Holy Spirit. And all his fruit and gifts must be a reality in our lives. So if you're not walking in the truth of Jesus... If you're just a Sunday Christian that comes here on a Sunday, feels good and goes home, then how are you going to witness to others? We must follow the New Testament patterns. Simple steps. So why are we not evangelising? Many people feel they lack the ability, formal education methods or knowledge of the Bible. Always remember that God calls the weak people to do great things. Gideon, Moses, Jeremiah all felt that they were not good enough to do the works that God asked them to do. Gideon felt that he was from a weakest clan and he was the least in his family. Moses felt that he was not eloquent, slow of speech and slow of tongue. Jeremiah felt that he was just a child and incapable of being used by God. Understand that God uses those without natural abilities so that he can receive all the glory. 1 Corinthians 2.5 says, So that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We have to do it through God. We have to allow the Spirit to lead us. Because we are not doing it. It is God doing it through us. If you feel you lack the ability to evangelise, you should ask for God's wisdom. So now I'm going to bring you the methods. So there's different methods of evangelism. And as I said earlier, which is why um, I wanted you to have note paper if you wanted to write this down, because what I'm going to challenge you to do this week is to actually sit with God and find out which one of these is you. You might already know, and that's great if you do. But as I said, we all fit into at least one of these methods or styles. So there's confrontational evangelism. Do you tend to confront people's fears or objections directly when you evangelise? 
Do many people tend to tell you that you are blunt when you discuss your faith? If so, then you are more like Peter, in that your style is confrontational. Even Jesus was confrontational at times, asking direct questions and expecting direct responses. Matthew 16, 15. But, about, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Intellectual evangelism. Many people have intellectual view, viewpoints, often because they are in school and have that learning focus. Paul, an apostle, that also had that type of view of the world, and he used it in his approach to evangelism. He had a way of using topic logic sorry, to evangelise. A good example is in Acts 17, 16-31, where he offers logical reasons to believe in the invisible God. And it says, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of all this to all men by raising him from the dead. Testimonial evangelism. Do you have a great testimony? about how you became a Christian or how God has helped you through some tough times? If so, then you are more like the blind man in John 9 that told the Pharisees he believed because Jesus healed him. His testimony helped others see that Jesus was the way. Our Testimonial Sundays is our opportunity to invite the community, friends and family who are not saved You invite somebody along on that day and you don't know that the person that's up giving their testimony might speak directly to that person's heart. Testimony Sundays are a great way for people to hear the truth of Jesus because they see people just like them that have gone through things just like them and hearing what God has done in their life and how they've been set free by it. Interpersonal. Evangelism. Lois is our great example. She goes around the streets. She meets people. She invites them to lunch. And she builds a relationship with them. Some Christians prefer to witness individually. They like to get to know people, to speak about their faith. And they tailor their approach to the individual person's needs. Jesus was often interpersonal in both small groups and individually. For instance, in Matthew 15, Jesus speaks to the Canaanite woman, then goes and feeds the 4,000. Matthew 15 tells us, Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Invitational evangelism. Both the Samaritan woman and the Levi were examples of those that invited people to meet Christ. Some Christians take this approach by inviting friends and others to church services or to youth group activities, hoping that they will be able to see faith in action. Luke 5, 29 tells us, then Levi held a great banquet 
for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Service evangelism. While some Christian teams take a more direct evangelistic approach, others prefer to be examples of Christ through service. Dorcas was a great example of someone who did a lot of good things for the poor and leading by example. Many missionaries often evangelise through service rather than through words alone. Again, it's demonstrating Jesus in us. Acts 9.36 In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which then translated to Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. That shows our Jesus heart when we help others. It's a good way to evangelise. Family and close friends evangelism. This is my form. This is what I do. Sometimes it happens to be outside friends. When we used to go camping every Christmas and Easter, we would um, be gone for, you know... A while. A while. Um, but we always had three weeks off. and But we would hold our own church services at camp. So the whole family would be there. Even those that are non-Christian, part of our families, would be there. But we would hold a church service. And one of us would bring a scripture or would, you know, open up that scripture more, talk about it. Or we'd all just bring different scriptures and have quick chats about them. But we did it in all different ways. We would sing some, some worship songs as well. And that was a way of reaching our family and friends that weren't saved. Sometimes other people in our campsite would actually join us just because they would hear us. They would, you know, see what we were doing and they'd be curious. So they would come over the following Sunday because they knew we were going to do that again. I had a girl one time at camp... Um, it wasn't a Sunday, it was through the week or whatever anyway. And she said to me, oh, you're spiritual. Well, I let her know straight away, yes, I am. I believe in Jesus. This, what you are sensing is the Holy Spirit. So I shared with her the gospel. And that came about just by I had got to know her over the time we'd all been camping in, that they'd been coming to our fire, using our fire to cook on. Um, so I had built this little bit of a, a friendship with these people, but she sensed something in me. And then I was able to use that to share. Acts ten twenty four. The following day he arrived at Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Don't be afraid to share with your family, even if they're not saved. Crisis evangelism. Moments of crisis are when people are often open to the gospel. Rather than shrinking and thinking this is mere emotion, we should think that this may be a legitimate movement of God. God can use these times when someone is going through a crisis in their life 
if you are willing to sit with them and you are willing to share. Acts 16.29-32 The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. And the last one is mass evangelism. This is what Billy Graham did. So obviously this is not for necessarily each and every one of us, but if you've got a heart to mass evangelise, start talking to God. And he will give you the platform. In recent times, we've had Awakening Australia. I don't know how many here got to go to Awakening Australia back in 2018, but that was a modern mass evangelism. The mass sowing of the gospel is one of the most effective means of spreading the gospel to the masses throughout Christian history. Crusades, campaigns help identify spiritual ground that is ready to harvest and with life-changing demonstrations of God's love, mercy, grace, healing and deliverance and salvation, which will often result in the planting of new churches. If there are already existing churches in the area, growth will be experienced as new converts are added to their fellowship. Acts 19, 9-10. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So I'm going to give you some other planning methods. So define your mission. Who are you trying to evangelise to? Where do they live? What are they like? Define the harvest field in terms of geography, culture and language. Determine the best, best method. Prayerfully determine the best method. Mass, service, testimonial, depending on the people and the area. Determine what you won't do as well as what you will do. Determine the means. What do you have for evangelism? Do you have to evangelise to a certain people, group or area? What finances are available and what do you need? What materials, resources will you need? So we've got to have a plan before we even begin to head out. don't know if Lois has a plan when she goes out. Her plan might be just whoever I encounter today, whoever God brings in my way. And that's okay too. But if you want to be intentional, have a plan. Talk with God. A plan should, be, should have objectives, what you hope to accomplish, be written, relate to evangelism, clearly stated, 
Be balanced between faith and reality. Be definite and easy to implement. Be able to evaluate if you fulfilled the plan. It's really good afterwards to come back and go, did I do what I set out to do? If not, okay, Lord, help me. Help me, show me the steps that I missed. Be organised. Now we're going to implement the plan. Select people to accomplish the plan. So if you're going to do it with other people, make sure that they've got a heart to be able to get out there. Make sure that they're on the same style that you are. It's very hard to go out and one people are doing one way and you're doing another and all different ways if you're working as a team. If they're doing if you're just going out as a group and you're going in your individual ways, it's okay for you to do your individual styles. But if you're going out and working in pairs, you've got to work together. So you've got to be a team and have the same same style. Communicating the plan. Delegating the responsibilities. Training people. Organising people, resources and the events if you're going to do big. Scheduling the events, the events and budgeting. So in conclusion, there are many different styles and many different ways we evangelise. First, it must come through the Holy Spirit. He must be guiding you. That is the most important. So there's confrontational, intellectual, testimonial, interpersonal, invitational, service, family and close friends, crisis and mass evangelism. Work out which style is best suited to you and your gifts and personality. If you're not sure, try a few different styles out and see which best fits. But get out there this week and give the gospel to someone. See if you can help them come to Christ. Be more like Jesus and do what Jesus asked in Mark. Go out into the world. So I encourage you this week especially, if you don't know what style you are, if you're unsure what will work best for you, sit with Jesus. Ask him. Ask him to show you what is the best style for you to reach people. He wants you to go out and he wants you to succeed. So don't do it in your own strength. Do it in his because when we do it in his strength, we will succeed. So find out what is the best style to suit you and who you are. Then go out and spread the gospel into all the world. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Thank you, everyone. That's a pretty good teaching. What do you reckon? Man, I'm stoked. Like, um, be spirit-led, demonstrate Christianity, Plant newcomers in the church. Ask for God's wisdom. 
then there's all those different styles of evangelism that I didn't, had never ever thought about. Confrontational, intellectual, testimonial, interpersonal. Um, can't read that one. Service, family and friends crisis, mass, or invitational. So, yeah, I, I reckon I could probably tick two or three boxes on some of those. You know, like, we've all got different personalities, but, yeah, that's really good, Ronnie. You're a good teacher. That's a really good teaching. Be encouraged, folks. Um, That's really good. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.